Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Heart and Hand Extra, the second weekly free show from Heart and Hand. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'm joined by a new arrival to the Heart and Hand podding family. Uh, he's been on a few times now, but uh, every time he's on, I get a wonderful description from a listener of him. The latest one being, he sounds like a Scottish version of the spotty kid on The Simpsons. It's Adam Thornton. Thank you very much. I don't know whether I'd be offended or be happy, but I'll, I'll take happy. Well, they, they do say it's better to be getting noticed than not getting noticed. That's that pre-publicity. Exactly. If it makes you feel better, it's someone who knows you. So I think there may have been a, there may have been a personal slight in there. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about with Rangers uh, this week, although obviously with no no real games being played. And uh, although we are playing a first friendly in America later on tonight as we're recording this. So obviously we can't talk about the result of that because it hasn't happened yet. But um, let's, let's start back here in Blighty. Uh, the Jamie Murphy transfer deal was resolved at the weekend. What's your thoughts on that signing, Adam? Yeah, I think we've spoken about it before. I think it's a it's a really good signing uh, on paper. Hopefully, he, um, he did really well with, uh, with Brighton in the Championship. Um, so hopefully, he can replicate that form up here. Um, it's certainly I think I probably wasn't the only one waking up on on Sunday morning slightly fuzzy and seeing all the poignant uh, Twitter posts and things about him sending the uh, signing the strip for his dad and stuff. So that gets him off to a really good start right away. But I think. Yeah. As we see with Halliday, sometimes that's definitely that's not enough. Um, it, it gets you in the door and it gets you a bit of grace with the fans, but you do really need to start delivering. But um, I'm feeling quite good about it. That's one of those signings that we've been crying out for. Somebody who just comes in and there's no debate. You're in the starting eleven. You're good enough to be there. Um, go and see what we can do. And it's a massive upgrade because we've struggled on a wide left for a while. It's funny, Adam, because uh, on the show on... Uh, on Tuesday uh, or on Monday or Tuesday this week with Kevin Thompson one of the things he mentioned was that it had always been a bit of a problem area in the Rangers teams he played for the left and it's kind of been the same really ever since it does seem to be an area that we've struggled to find some consistent performer that you could hang your hat on to play left mid left wing whatever 
I'd say since since Neil McCann, we've not had anybody who's played it week in week out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, because Lovingcrans was more of a striker, although we would use him there. And yep. yeah, it, it just seems to have been one of these regular problem areas for Rangers. So hopefully, Jamie Murphy. For those of you who don't know what Adam's referring to, there was a, a great picture uh, that went about social media of a strip. He a Ranger strip he'd, he'd signed for his dad and given him, and it said, "Dreams do come true." Which, uh, as, as Adam says, hits you right in the feels. But yeah, the Andy Halliday comparison is a good one because yes, we like to see Blue Noses play well for Rangers, and it probably buys you a bit more time, but not an infinite amount. No, it gives you a bit of grace, um, but only a couple of months. Yeah, definitely. Other transfer rumours then um, that the, the kind of loudest ones tend to be that, and from what I can gather, our targets seem to be the main ones: Jordan Jones of Kilmarnock, and there's talk of a bid going in for him imminently. Uh, Greg Doherty, the Hamilton midfielder, uh, the, Jones is is said to be valued by Kilmarnock around about seven hundred thousand. Doherty slightly less by Hamilton. Uh, Rangers interested in moving uh, some of the fringe players on, but I don't think either club are particularly interested. In the case of Hamilton, and this is a sentence that we probably only say in Scottish football, they probably need to sell a lot more than Kilmarnock do because they were scammed by a Nigerian prince-style operation earlier this season. That's not something that you really see happening you know, to Arsenal, is it? No. Um, yeah, that's right. I think it was a, was it about 700,000 as well. Right that, about that, the, yeah. The final, final total of that. Um, in terms of those two signings, I think Dockery, yes, I must admit, I've not seen a great amount of him, but um, if you look on Twitter, the stats guys rave, rave about him constantly. Um, <clears throat> we do probably miss someone who can link midfield and attack. Um, we don't really have that. We've got a lot of good centre mids, like proper centre mids, and then obviously McCrory a bit further back, but we're kind of missing, even with Pena, Pena and um, Windas sitting in the hole there, you're still kind of missing a bit. Um, so I feel like somebody starting a little bit deeper but can make those driving runs into the box um, could be quite useful. Um, he's very, very young. He's only going to get better, I think, to be playing the amount of games he's played at that age. It's easy to compare him to McCarthy and MacArthur, but if um, if that's the benchmark, then, then yeah, definitely. Um, Jones, I'm not convinced about, to be honest. I think the money could be spent better elsewhere I feel like he plays really well in and behind teams now 7-8 times out of 10 we're not going to get that space for him to run in I think we've seen it with O'Halloran um, I don't think we should be pushing ahead with Jones if it was me I think we could get someone from somewhere else for a bit better quality for that type of money um, but that's just me well, the Jones deal is uh, far from certain to go through because there are other clubs interested in him. Uh, Norwich City are, are interested in him. And that sort of ties in towards another rumour that had uh, had been surfacing beforehand but, but came to light officially, if you like, in that it was clearly released to a newspaper by, by the players' camp, which is that Stephen Naismith would be prepared to play, and I put this in, in quotation marks, for nothing for Rangers. Now, what that that means is uh, slightly different to he's, he's willing to come up here and you know we'll, we'll all need to sub him to get a pot noodle. Um, it's a, it's basically Norwich are looking for a club to pay ten thousand pounds of Stephen Naismith's wage, and uh, what he said is that in order to get a move to to Rangers primarily, but I do believe to to I to 
Scotland in general, he would be willing to just forego £10,000 of his wages. So, in other words, if he, if he was going to a club in England and there are championship clubs interested in him, they would pay Norwich the £10,000. He would get his wage, and I'm just saying for argument's sake, it's £50,000 a week. If he comes to Scotland, then the club that get him won't pay the £10,000, but Norwich will simply pay him £40,000 a week. So that's how it works. So he's, he's not going to be bankrupt, I think it's fair to say. Now, there are, there's talk emerging today that, that Hearts are, are very interested and hopeful of concluding a deal for him, and some Rangers fans have been a little bit up in arms about that. But the noises that have come from Ibrox consistently are that Mark Allen, Graham Murty don't want him and don't see him as a priority signing. There are people at Ibrox who are interested and do want him, and certainly at boardroom level there are. My suspicion, Adam, is that that story was put there because that story could only really have come from one place, and that was the place it did come from. But it was put there, I think, in a sort of PR thing to get Rangers fans saying, well, for no money, it's a no-brainer, go and get him. And while the deal could still happen, Rangers could still go in for him, He's not high up the list when it comes to Mark Allen and Graham Murty. That I do know. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I guess it's difficult to say without seeing the list. Um, But out of everybody we've been linked with, Cummings, Naismith, um, Jones, Dockery, I think we need probably four four players like that. Um, We need... Bit more support on the left wing, as I mentioned, we need a bit more support in the, the kind of number ten role, and we need a bit more support up front. So, if that's the four players on the list, then I would say yes, no bother at all. But it, it depends who else is there. If they're trying to chase someone else from the Premier the Premier League or someone from abroad that they think Naismith would be the backup to, then that's absolutely fair. But you can only go on the information you've got. And as far as I can see, I'm very much in the. I was the same as you um, before he left. I was his, one of his biggest fans. I absolutely loved him. Um, obviously, he left in really acrimonious circumstances. However, six months for free, Stephen Naismith is just an absolute no-brainer for me. Um, I don't see any debate about it at all. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that one goes. And I can absolutely guarantee that if we don't go for him and he goes somewhere else, he will tear up in Scotland. Um, Particularly if he goes to a Hearts or a Kilmarnock, or whatever, if there's no pressure, he will probably tear it up. And in six months' time, we'll be in the same situation, but we'll we'll be needing to buy him or whatever. Um, so I, I, if it was me, I'd be I'd be going all out for it just now. But by the same the same token, I remember similar things being said, especially by one podder on here about Kyle Lafferty. And I, see, look on paper, you're absolutely right, Stephen Naismith. Before let let's put aside the whole rat Judas bastard thing, right, for a second. Uh, I, on paper, the player, yes, you would take him, you would take him in a heartbeat. But I wonder if there's a whole history of players who have made returns to Ibrox and not been as good the second time round by, by kind of common consent, they've not been as good. And the reason for that, I think, and this is just a theory, and I'm quite prepared for you to blow it out of the water, though obviously not if you want to continue as a podder, but. The, the I think it, it comes down to that we have a picture in our mind of what a player is and then he returns and we expect to see that and of course things have happened in the interim they've been away, they've got older, they've picked up injuries there's more wear and tear on the clock and you don't get the same player that you're expecting and Naismith had, had injury 
problems all throughout his career, and especially recently. And I, I do wonder if we're maybe thinking we're getting back the Stephen Naismith we remember, and it was a long time ago now, really, before his his injury. You're really having to go back to kind of 2010, 2011, to to get the guy that that we remember. I, does that guy exist? Are we getting that guy back, or are we getting back someone who is a talented footballer but definitely past his peak of ability and has had a tendency the last few seasons to pick up injuries that, although not nine months of like he had with us, are enough to keep him out and then not let him build up to the level of fitness that he requires? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a good point. Um, for me, I think. He, looking at it as far as the squad is concerned, um, he would be a massive upgrade on Kenny Miller, um, which is the position that I think he would probably come in and fill of that, not back up to Morelos, but but certainly the, the positions that Miller used to play, whether it was up top what, of Morelos. What, what eight or, of them? <laughs> where Kenny decides to play in a single match? Hopefully a bit more uh, structured than that. But yeah, um, he's never been a massive... Um, Goal scorer. I don't think uh, he's not hit 20 goals in a season ever. Um, so that's never really been something that you think, oh, he might have lost a yard of pace and maybe won't be able to finish. It's never really been the case. I know he started the um, season that he got injured on fire, um, pretty much a goal a game, I think he got up until the, the cruciate up at Aberdeen. But who knows where he went that season. But he didn't. And you're right, the injuries do take a toll. Um, but for me, it was only two years ago that he hit that hat trick against Chelsea. And I know, I know it's maybe just a a freak game or whatever, but I think he can still do it. Um, he played quite a lot in the Championship last season um, <clears throat> for uh, for Norwich. Um, to no great effect. Sorry. To no great effect. I mean, the Norwich oh, fans. Yeah. The Norwich That's fans. Point, but I think you could. Don't I think you could probably argue that for a few people. You could probably argue that for Dorans. I'm sure you could make a case for for Jamie Murphy in terms of we might we should have got more. Could, we could have got someone in with more goals and more assists. But I think it's a mentality thing. I don't think you ever really lose that. I think. Naismith coming in has the mentality of morning-faced, nippy wee bastard who will just come in and he will do his best for the club. And like I said, he's still only, what, 31, 32. Um, he's still going to have a decent amount of legs on him. And to go back to the point again, it's not the be-all and end-all, but it's a it's a free punt for six months. If he is shite and blown out his arse, then are we, are we that much worse off? No, that's a fair point. I- I'm interested in the politics of it, Adam. I- I'm interested in... The way that it's been on, because at Rangers at the moment, obviously things are still a bit up in the air. Graham Marty's in charge to the end of the season, we know that, and uh, him and Mark Allen are the guys who are in charge of recruitment. But I think it's well known that the Rangers board of directors, shall we say, have an active role in the first team, right? I, I, I don't think that that's ever. I don't mean that they're picking the side or anything. So please don't people don't take rumours with that but they are involved in transfers and that kind of thing they're not they don't just stand off and then come in and, and rubber stamp deals there, there are people in the boardroom who want them back and that's why I was so fascinated by the fact that this leaked out because it will get a lot of Rangers fans saying exactly what you're saying and I think more importantly if he's linked with other clubs it's it's likely to come back on whoever didn't didn't want to sign him, especially as you say, if he goes off and does well in our league. Yeah, the subplot is quite interesting. You could actually look at it as a lose lose because if um, if he comes in, then it's pretty clear that Mark Allen's been overruled, um, which is not really what you want from the board to be overruling the man who's in charge of it all. Um, 
and then if he doesn't come in like you said we could, he could go on and have a really good um, six months somewhere else so it, it's kind of lose-lose from that point of view so the, the subplot of it is is quite interesting the, the noises are coming out from the board that they want him don't really remember that ever happening in any other club maybe other than Chelsea um, that we're, we're, we're also aware of who the board want but it's at loggerheads with managers etc it's quite a strange uh, strange subplot so I'll be watching it with, with interest mm. um, uh, it's interesting to see where he ends up as I say he, he has a place in Ayrshire he's moved back up to he is looking to come back to Scotland uh, the Hearts interest uh, I, I thought interesting because my uh, I always believed, not based on any, I just always believed that he would, if it wasn't us, it would be Kilmarnock. And I think Kilmarnock fans did as well, to be honest, because he has always spoken about, you know, the, the, the place that they have in his heart. But, God, if there's one thing we've learned with Stephen A. Smith, it's that uh, we're not supposed to believe everything he says, after all, um, he yeah. says, remember. See, because I am one of the ones that still remembers that press conference fairly vividly. And I still think when we were at our lowest ebb, that not only did you know leaving was one thing nobody hates Stephen Davis for example or Alan McGregor um, the the way he left I mean he he took time out of his life to shaft every single one of us and twist the knife that wee bit that wee bit more when he didn't need to and yeah I mean I, I, I find that unforgivable so um, I, I admit I wouldn't be broken hearted if he doesn't arrive back even though I can see his plus points as a player Jason Cummings you mentioned though um, is, is one I'd love to see at Ibrox and it, it, definitely a name the club are interested in now from what what we all read in the papers and whatnot, it's not a case of Jason Cummings is desperate to get back up the road that he's homesick in Nottingham it's not that at all it's more a case that Forrest are prepared to let him go uh, I think he wanted to wait and see if the new manager at Nottingham Forest maybe fancied him, but there's talk that Forest are immediately in for two strikers, one of whom is Patrick Bamford, who, uh, of course, Aitor Karanka had at Middlesbrough. So, if he was to become available, I, I, I think Rangers are very, very keen to, to see if they could get a deal together. For me, he's like a younger version. You know, you spoke about attitude, and, and even though I'm not a big fan of Naismith, I can see what you mean in terms of that. I think Cummings could provide that uh, with far less baggage, far less injury drama, and far younger. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I see them as a, I see them as quite similar in that sense. When when Naismith burst through in Kilmarnock, um, we don't get many Scottish strikers coming through scoring um, regular goals, so it's natural to to compare um, the two of them. Uh, they are quite similar. They're quite nippy and buzzy, and they get in about the box and, and put themselves about and. Cummings also has the green-faced mentality as well a little bit. So, yeah, um, I would be, like I said last week as well, I would be all in for that if we could get it in. Um, however, we we do only have Morelos up front and I would like to get depth in the squad so I could see a place. We don't know how Mark, we don't know how Graham Martin is going to play it. Um, he said he likes a 4-3-3, he's played 4-5-1, he's played 4-4-2. Um, we need to have options. Um, with Peña going there is now nobody and Miller being injured or arguably Miller can't play anyway but there's there's nobody in that 10 role at all Baron Windass who's fleeted in and out we need a couple of players in there so if we can get Cummings and Naismith in um, that gives us a quite a strong team and strong bench we spoke on the we spoke before when you look at the bench against Kilmarnock there's just a couple of kids in Herrera there mm. um, what a difference that would be having either Naismith or Cummings or Jones or, or one of each on the bench just to come on and, and see if they can nick something. I think we, we need to get back to that while making sure that we're not spreading ourselves too thin as we maybe did, maybe not last summer, but certainly the summer before. I think we spread ourselves a little bit thin um, in terms of the players we went for. It was more bulk, eh, more quantity over quality. 
um, bringing in a couple of players in this window to instantly improve the, the team and the, the squad would be a good move, I think. Now, Pena has, has gone off to Cruz Azul on a 12-month loan, which frees up, I believe, around about £1.3 million a year in wages, which significant sum. Um, and I do think that we have to ask who sanctioned that deal, to be honest, because that is a ridiculous amount of money to take on what was a... Um, what was a complete punt at the time for a guy with no real solid track record. I mean, Bruno Alves is one thing, Carlos Pena is another, but uh, he's off-ski. Now, uh, oh, before we before we go into the next point about him, um, did you see the video of him, uh, what appeared to be carrying a pair of shorts into training? And it, it sounds really bad when, when I say it like this, it's like he wiped his nose on a pair of Rangers shorts, but it, it wasn't like a big showy look at this. It was like, he arrived into Cruz Azul for his press conference carrying these and then he sort of absent-mindedly swiped at his nose with them. It was a bizarre incident and I think this guy is good, is destined for the Scottish Football Hall of... What was that? Uh, you know, he's he, just such a peculiar story. The whole thing from start to finish. Just utterly bizarre when I was watching that video. Why has he even got them in his hand? Never like. Why has he even got them in the fucking country? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, okay, you keep them as a memento. Why are they in your car? Like, if you think of the the actual logistics of it, why have you got them on the airport and then you're taking them out your bag and then you put them in your car and then you're you're going out and all the media's there and then you're taking them with you into a press conference for some reason um, and then you decide to wipe your nose? I think you're right. It's just utterly, utterly bizarre. Uh, it's just Carlos Pena. In microcosm, isn't it? If there was something strange could happen, it would happen around him. But with him going, and there's talk, and it is only talk, that you know Cardoso would be available, Alves would be available. But they, you know, certainly Cardoso hasn't been a favourite at all under Graham Murray. Although I will say he has gone to America, whereas the likes of Joe Dodo hasn't. So I think that, that tells you something in terms of would he be considered for the first team. But with the signing, Sean Goss, Jamie Murphy, all the guys were mentioning... These are British-based players, and there seems to be a conscious effort to shift to a more British-based identity. Scottish-based, even if you look at the likes of Jones and Doherty, uh, Naismith, Cummings, whoever, the, there does seem to be almost a conscious desire, Adam, to try and take the club in a different direction to the one that maybe Pedro Cachinha took us on. It's weird, isn't it? We, we only seem to have two directions. We can go in for managers and for players. We never seem to get an even spread. We go from Smith, the advocate, then we go back to McLeish, a safe option, then we bring in Leguen, and we go back to Smith, a safe option, then we bring in Cassinia, go back to Murphy. It seems that we do the same with the squad. We go way too far in one direction and bring in loads of Dutch players or loads of Portuguese players. It kind of blows up a little bit and we go back to Leguen, quite a lot of French players coming in, and then we go back to the tried and trusted. It doesn't seem like we can ever get a balance. We swing wildly from one to the other. Mm. Um, but I think you're right. He, he, he sounds like he's... Uh, he sounds like he's wanting a bit of a British core. Um, obviously, with the scouting team still in its infancy, really, I think that maybe makes sense um, to go with the contacts that maybe Andy Schoolding um, and Mark Allen have got um, down south. Go with that for just now. But as we've seen with Warburton, if you go too far that way and, you, and it doesn't work out, it's very, very easy for you to get criticised for it. Yeah, I, I do understand the the desire to, if you like, you've had an experiment and you want to run back to, to safety. And while the phrase, they know what it's all about, is overused and overplayed because, again, and God, it sounds like we're picking on him, but Andy Halliday is an example that 
just just being a Rangers fan isn't enough that you have to also marry it to a level of ability but I can understand the desire to go well these guys are less of a risk you know they know Scottish football they know at least British football they know the size of the club and they realise that the expectations that they're going to be under and I can understand the desire to do it but it doesn't always work that way just because they know it doesn't mean that they can uh, adapt it now one of the players who's back at the moment is Michael Halloran and there's an excellent interview on the club's official site that I urge you to go and check out with Michael Halloran in which he states that he knows that this is his last chance at Rangers Um, there's a guy who I think again most Rangers fans not all would tell you didn't quite have the mentality so far to have become a, a Rangers player, if you will, and, and, and all that that phrase connotates in terms of his ability to handle the pressure, the constant demands, the constant scrutiny. So it's not, although it's a more comfortable solution, if you like, and probably makes it, and does make sense, actually, that's, I'm being unfair, it's not foolproof. I mean, it's not a certainty that just because they know they know the, the, the script a bit better than foreign lads that they're going to go in and, and be able to cope with it all. No, definitely not. Um, that O'Halloran interview was, was quite interesting. Um, where I was uh, watching it last night. Um, also, that's also a bit of a strange return. I think out of all the, the lone players, given all that's happened, I know the manager's changed, but given all that's happened, that happened, I really, really did not expect him to come, be coming back. Especially when just before Christmas there was some sound bites from Tommy Wright saying they were trying to get... Um, they were trying to get a hold of a Halloran's agent to extend the loan deal and they couldn't get his agent. He wasn't answering his phone. So it, it, that all seems a bit strange. But like you said, he's back um, and we'll see if he can go on with it. He certainly seemed to... I don't know if it's just his demeanour, but he, he seemed quite aloof and co- confident in that interview. And, and he, he obviously backs himself. And like he said in the interview, he doesn't think he's got anything to prove um, in terms of being a, um SPFL player. And I know you touched on it in the daily update. Yeah, you might not have anything to prove in terms of you can do it week in, week out at St Johnston, but you need to fucking step up if you want to play for Rangers. So yeah. if he thinks he's made it and he thinks he's coming into the team and he's going to be um, getting first pick, then I'm, I'm sorry, his head's going down because he's not getting played. Do better, um, get better, and, and you'll get playing. Yeah, it's again to go back to the Kevin Thompson interview on Monday that the hard work starts when you sign for Rangers. You know, you haven't made it by getting there you've shown a level of ability to get you there absolutely but you then have to develop a whole range of characteristics and it means that for Michael O'Halloran and I think by his last chance I think he realises this and I hope he does that that otherwise his level is SPFL club you know that's as high as he's going to go otherwise he's going to be a player that that will go to play for Hearts and Dundee and no disrespect to these sides they're not as big as we are it's just a fact and it's you know I think the problem with with O'Halloran remains just what you said earlier um, about Jones is that we don't play teams who give us space in behind that often and you have to develop an ability to still be effective and still be able to utilise your pace when you don't have large areas of the park and for me O'Halloran lacks that cleverness on the ball he can beat a man through pace absolutely he can but if there's nowhere to run. I think he struggles, and we saw that time after time at Ibrox last season. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's similar to Jones for me. Um, you see it all the time. Players play, what a great game they played against us. Let's, let's bring them in. Well, no, because we remember, need to remember we're attacking. We're, we're on the offensive all the time. 
all it can kind of take sometimes is a long ball over the top and those players look like world beaters um, yeah pace isn't everything he needs attitude and he needs a bit more finesse like you said um, a good example is maybe Kandias I think um, he's a massive upgrade on O'Hara like massive um, but he's probably the same kind of player but he's actually trying to adapt and build a relationship with Tavernier not just be standing on the, the uh, shoulder of the left back and waiting for the ball to be pinged over so that he can um, use his pace to get past him yeah. he comes back he works hard for the team he's crossing from deep it's improved this season for example he's crossing from deep um, yes it, 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 I think has is, is got a lot better as the season's gone on because he knows he's not going to be always able to get to the byline because there's two guys in front of him. Yeah, he's, he's not a one-trick pony um, is, is the point I'm making. He's got, O'Halloran's obviously got passed on his pace. Well, Candace is probably faster, I would say. Um, yeah. He's probably got passed, but Candace has got a bit more um, bows, strings to his bow. Sorry, so I think O'Halloran definitely needs to, he's 27 now, um, he definitely needs to start using his brain a bit more, I would say, and, and learning when to come short, when to go and when you link with the forwards, use your right back more, use your centre midfielder more. Um, really, all it takes is that, I mean, I'm probably uh, trivialising it, but a simple give and go, and you've got the left back on toast. Don't just try and run past them because they can double up on you. That's all it takes is just a pass inside and then you go. Um, that type of thing, he just needs to get a bit more brains about him, I think. Well, that I think leads into an interesting area for discussion. Can you do that at 27? Are you, you know, I, I realise that players hit their peak and in, in, around about that age, and, and I understand that, but it's because they are fully formed as a footballer. Whereas what we're both saying here, effectively, is this guy's got a lot to learn. Is it too late, though? I mean, are we expecting him to do something that he just won't be able to do? That this is Michael Haller, and this is who he is. This is all he's got. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Actually, he's, he's now getting to the point where he should be stepping up a level with the skills that he's got whereas we're trying to say to him okay well you maybe only have 50% of what we need and can he actually get that extra 50% yeah, It goes back to the signing though I mean he, he, I don't think Michael Allen's a bad player anyone near it but I, I just don't know if he was a, the type of player that would succeed at Rangers and I don't mean by mentality I mean by his physical abilities because for some reason Warburton saw, his, saw him destroy us in a match where we leave tons of space St Johnson kept finding him and he ripped us apart because there was all this space to run into. It never happens for us. It just doesn't. Um, even in an old firm match, it doesn't really happen because both teams are at it, you know, 100 miles per hour kind of thing. So the, the, the game doesn't really get stretched that often because it's just a battle in every area of the field. Well, it'll be, yeah. inter- it'll be interesting to see. But of course, Adam, we're talking about all this and we're talking about these transfers coming in and we're talking about players going out and all the rest of it and it's all a bit pointless because as I'm sure we'll all have seen in social media but especially in the media uh, we're going into administration again apparently oh yeah I've seen that that's a blow it's a shame I've just started this subscription service and stuff and you know I wasn't expecting that but yes for those of you who are unaware of what we're talking about and you're the lucky ones I almost feel guilty for having to break this to you more Scottish internet uh, nuttery was caused at the weekend when uh, several Celtic fans got together and decided they would go and place bets on Rangers to be uh, deducted points for going into administration for the second time. Uh, now, this isn't going to happen. There's no evidence at all that it's going to happen. But the they understood, and fair play to them for this, they understood that what would happen is, of course, a flood of bets, even small ones, in a market like that where it's so small that any bets at all will move it, would lead to the opportunity for the bookmaker to say, oh, we've had a lot of bets on this, issue a press release and get some publicity out of it, which is exactly what happened, of course. 
Adam, let's talk. Let's talk about the mentality of the people who do this because I don't understand it. And and, and I'll be honest that the whole internet rumor mongering thing. Now at the weekend, I posted up someone who connected to the club posted something to me, or, or sorry, sent me a message saying, "Looks like the Murphy deal was going to be a loan initially," and I posted that. And a few hours later, uh, Jim White posted, "Oh, the deal's done, undisclosed fee." And immediately I had, you know, a few people, but one in particular, coming out at me and saying, hi, you you liar, you just make shit up. Uh, that's you showing up. And I'm like, well, okay, mate, that was what I heard. And I'd heard from a good source and I checked it out with another couple. Um, and I don't pass on everything that I'm told for that very reason that I can't verify it. It's only if it comes from a really dynamite source that I'll pass it on. And generally, as we've done on this show, if it's a rumour, we'll say this is a rumour or this is what we've heard. But... It did get me thinking that there are people who go out of their way and must sit and make stuff up. They must create this. Uh, You'll remember earlier this season, Rangers were accused of diverting water from a local chapel into Ibrox. And why? What's the mentality of people who do this? Because you're going to be showing up. And and yeah, I'd love to just sit and make shit up because it would be easier, especially having to do a show every day now on the Patreon site. Um, But after the first time it doesn't happen, people will go, you made that up, and your credibility's completely shot. What is this? Is it social media? Is it just the age that we're living in? Or is it just a sign of, as as usual, an obsession that certain people have about Rangers that overrides every aspect of, of their life and common sense? I wouldn't even be surprised if they actually um, didn't believe that. Um, I think it's now got to that stage where I don't think that the people that are starting the rumours would be savvy enough to think, right, I'm going to put all these bets on and then Odds Checker are going to get involved and then betting's going to get suspended and then this will happen and that will happen and it might, if, if we get enough noise, it might just happen miraculously. I think they've just read something somewhere and thought, I 100% believe that's going to happen. I'm absolutely brain dead. I'm putting the money on. But it had um, to start somewhere. That's what I mean. Someone has to have went, Rangers are going into administration. We all, you know, the, there was one thing I saw. It was, oh, Rangers have to find £31 million by Monday. Rangers' entire wage bill for the year isn't £31 million. If we had to pay everybody a year's salary on Monday, it still wouldn't be close to £31 million. It's just such complete bullshit. But somebody had to come up with that specific figure and start that rumour. My, my favourite was Rangers currently sitting 23 points ahead of last place, would lose 15 points to get by granted administration, which would automatically make them relegated. Why? We're, we're eight points ahead of bottom place and there's still four fucking months to the season to go. How does that make us relegated? It, yeah, it's just not well thought out at all. It's just ridiculous, really. Uh, it's disappointing that the papers choose to give oxygen to this shite. Um, but again, it's because increasingly their market doesn't contain Rangers fans because Rangers fans are well aware of how we're considered in the media and don't bother our arse with it. And I, I think that there is that the, the understanding that their constituency feed off anti-Rangers stories and that that's why you see this kind of bullshit and nobody in that that story from a press side I think I should point out has lied because all they've said is bookies have changed you know their odds to reflect this and and it is correct because that's what's happened so there is a it's a free free hit though yeah it's a free hit without any ramifications yeah yeah and and it's it's incredibly disappointing but the, the reason I find it so distasteful is because if Bad things were going to happen to Celtic, and and when they did years ago, Rangers fans laughed and we made jokes, and that was it. We didn't actively go out of our way to try 
and make sure that club didn't didn't exist anymore. It's hatred, and it's hatred that's given a stamp of approval by the media in Scotland, by the punditry in Scotland, because they never call it out. It's disgusting. It tries to remove the joy of being a football fan from other football fans, and it goes beyond. I think rivalry. We've we've had the. We've had the situation this week where Brighton and Hove Albion were contacted by apparently concerned Brighton fans who all had Scottish addresses saying that Orangers are skint, don't do business with them. And that to me is just, that's not being a football fan. That's not rivalry. That then is getting into just being a deeply troubled and vile bigot with nothing better to do than hate another football club more than you love your own. Now we're told all the time by Celtic fans, we don't exist, right? And we're not a rival. And then their entire fucking existence seemed consumed by us and of ways to attack us. And to, and these people are not normal. And instead of, as I say, being kind of uh, ignored, then they should be called out for what they are. They're, they're bigots, they're frauds, they're liars, they're scum. It's the... The whole age of social media, isn't it? It's so easy now for somebody just to create a Twitter account and start posting absolute nonsense. And I think we're more than capable of making an arse of ourselves, as we've seen um, in the last couple of years. We don't need anybody else coming along and making things up that are clearly not true. Absolutely. And I do understand that people, and I'm one of them that says the club need to kind of watch this stuff, because it can have an effect on your brand from a marketing point of view if rumours are constantly spread about you. Um, but I do understand that the club feel that they can't respond to every internet nutter as, or they would never do anything else. But I do think that, I mean, for me, the really weird thing about Celtic supporters is that, yes, you've got the guys who basically eat a lot of dog food because they you know, they, they can't afford to, to do a real job because they spend all their day coming up with stories about Rangers. But a lot of these people in this, this kind of network of nonsense are... Celtic supporters who have real jobs and they're the guys I'd go after, you know, the the ones who who are lawyers and accountants, etc., that for some reason just cannot grow up and leave this nonsense behind them. They're the ones I would make an example out of. The the the, the idiot bloggers and the shit talkers, I mean they're the they're the guys that they want to be sued, they'd love to be martyrs and they've not got anything to lose anyway, you know. I mean, like I say, if you've got a blogger that's living on fucking, you know, two hundred tins of Aldi beans per month, then there's no point suing them. You're not going to get anything out of them. But I think the more respectable ones are the guys that I would target, even just one, just to say, this shit's got to stop. By all means, you know, take the piss. By all means, that's what I don't get. Celtic are miles ahead of us right now. Take the piss out of us. We did when it was us. Um, And and you're, you're totally entitled to do so. But to then just make up lies, and that's what they are, I, I find so distasteful and childish. And to me, it just points to a deep-seated, well-deserved and clearly never-going-to-leave inferiority complex that no matter how much success they enjoy, it can never scrub away this inferiority complex. And it's tiresome. And I think it's one of the things that holds Scottish football back. I really do. I would say, actually, just on that point there, I actually quite like Aldi beans. So if we want to sue somebody who's got 200 200 tins of Aldi beans, I'll happily take 100 tins off them. Fucking um, permanent student, you... I know. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think the point about the statements is quite a good one because if if Rangers came out, and I get it damages the brand, etc. But if Rangers came out and put a statement out again, that just blows it up again 
more days in the paper, more days publicity ranges have denied this, blah, blah, blah. And then it's a whole, well, have they denied it because it's actually happening thing. Um, and it also would get to the point, I'm trying to think, it would get to the point where let's see what we can do to make them put out another statement and let's see how many statements they'll put out and that'll be really funny. Um, I think just tell, just silence and ignoring them, I actually don't even like talking about it because it just gives, gives a voice to um, stupid uh, opinions. Well, I do. I, I'm the same. I'd love to not be able to talk about it, but when when it is something that you have Rangers fans concerned about, I think it's something that that we do need to address at some point because it does damage the brand. There, there's no doubt about it. It does damage the brand that this whispering campaign gets about because people hear things, and after a while, when they hear when they hear things, even though they've got no basis in fact, they start to believe them. And uh, I, I, like I said, to, to me, I just find it sad. I really do. I just find it tragic that that growing ups. And that—that's what these are supposed to be. That grown-ups do that. I get the spotty teenagers in in their mum's bedroom on the internet. That—that's fine. That's you know since time, uh, time immemorial that teenagers have been dicks. But I think that in this instance, it, it, it has damaged us in the past, and I think it's something that the club do need to keep an eye on. Now, to happier news, Rangers appointed some new youth coaches this week, as you may have read in the paper. Gregory Vignal, Stuart Taylor, and one other guy. Oh yeah, Kevin Thompson, friend of the show. And uh, I am absolutely delighted for, for Kev because he's a really good guy. And firstly, but, but secondly, he's a really good coach. He's hugely ambitious. Uh, Gregory Vignal, an interesting one. Stuart Taylor, a guy with lots of experience. What were your thoughts on the appointment? Yeah, I thought they were they were really positive, and I would urge anybody who's not been on the Rangers TV to go and re- uh, read the article and watch the video from Craig Mulholland today um, or yesterday, maybe. Um, it's a really really interesting insight to to what they're looking for and what they're trying to do. Um, I think it's it's good, and I think that the whole the passion side of it is quite good. Obviously, it's the same as a, it's the same as bringing players in. You want people who've been there and know what it's all about, and you want winners in the winners in the back room as well however if you look at the dedication of like Kevin Thompson as we, we spoke about he's out there every day uh, doing his own he could have probably got a, he could have got a coaching job with first division second division no bother at all I would imagine but he's out there doing it on his own trying to build something just because he's really really passionate about it and you can tell I know you're his new best friend so you'll probably know better than me but um, it kind of comes across in all his interviews Every time you hear him on Twitter, he replies to pretty much every parent, I think, that tweets him, saying such and such really enjoyed the, the, the session tonight. It's, it's just really, really invigorating. I find it quite good to hear. Um, and the fact that he's doing the academy and he's going to be involved in the setup is, is can only be a good thing. Um, the Vignal appointment, I must admit, caught me by surprise. That was very out of the blue. Um, however, the little sound bites from, from Mulholland saying that he... Is moving over here yeah. um, with his with his family, and we're only we're only saying to him he's, he's coming in for three sessions a week plus a game. That's ridiculous dedication because he's champing at the bit and absolutely desperate to come into Rangers and, and make a difference. So that, like I said, it gets you in the door and it gives you such a good. The attitude is so good and the mentality is already there um, that we ho- I hope he can he can. Um, kick on from there. Yeah, this, one of the things about that and about, you know, obviously people all heard Kev on this show, that it shows you that if you've got that level of commitment and I don't mean this in a, a derogatory way because, you know, age is just a number and all the rest of it, but 
young coaches who have achieved stuff in their footballing career but that are so enthusiastic about getting into the game and continuing in the game that they're willing to do this that can only be beneficial for our young players because I think we've all at various stages of our, our youth career met a coach that's been doing it for years and is bored shitless and to have this freshness of ideas and this vibrancy around the club I think can only can only help us and add to that that you've got guys that are winners that are proven winners that have got the medals to show it then they're going to instil in our young boys the the attitude that, that you'll need to come through at Rangers because it is different to one at a, a smaller club that's just a fact Yeah, definitely I think the, the interesting point about Vignal as well is he's been doing some work in the French academies as well um, the level of players that they're continuing to churn out are, are absolutely frightening so if he's been working with players at that level you would imagine he can impart quite a lot of knowledge on the, the 14, 15, 16 year olds at, at uh, Ockenhowie I would like to point out that uh, I am going to be Kev's new best friend, but look who his best friend is. Are you telling me that he doesn't need an upgrade? That's a very fair point. Actually, I'm sure he will be in the market for one. So Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Best yeah. of luck. It's, it's T's. I'm the, the new best friend. He doesn't know he needed or is getting. Now, uh, <laughs> to, to move on to, to our tour, we're over, obviously, in Florida at the moment to take part in the Florida Cup. First match will take place, as we're recording this tonight, it's 12 o'clock, technically Friday morning, but Thursday night. Um, live on Premier Sports for those of you who have it, but it's live on a channel, or sorry, it's as live on a channel called Free Sports, which uh, satellite users will have and free sat users will have, so, ha- so have a look for that uh, at 8.30 tomorrow, and I think they're showing it again at 10 o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, then we play Corinthians on Saturday. Now, the Atletico Mineiro game, the first one, they've sent along a lot of young players, and Rangers, I think, will be quite experimental in their opening lineup. But uh, what's your views on, on these kind of you know, winter break trips, hot weather training, getting in a couple of friendlies. What what are your thoughts on that? So I, I think this one's a really interesting one. I must say the media team have played an absolute blinder. I think some of the content that's been coming out um in the last week or so has been brilliant. Yeah. Um, Josh Windass Snapchat takeover was excellent. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. It's good to, it's kinda of good to see them away from away from the pitch and away from even like the, the Rangers T V chat uh, cameras, etc. It's good to just see them chilling out. Um I think it's a quite a good thing. Um, I think Marty was, I think it was Rangers TV again today or, or, or yesterday, sorry, saying um, they're going to treat it as the two games as, as four 45-minute training sessions um, and they're going to set the team up to go out and play and then they'll set the next one up. Obviously, they're playing two games in three, uh, two games in two days, I think it is, so it's probably to be expected. Be interested to see what he's going to try out, a couple of different formations, um, be good to see Goss and Murphy, and it will also be interesting to see Halliday and O'Halloran coming back in as well. But I think it's good. I think it's a whole team bonding thing. Um, if you remember back to the summer, we never really got. Obviously, everyone was up in arms about only having three or four weeks off, so it was right any games right away. Um, so there's probably a bit of team bonding that's not really happened, a bit of fostering mentalities, etc. Jimmy Nickel being there as well is going to be really important. I think again, Marty said he's he's come in and made a bit of an impact right away. Um, and he's, he's letting them know what it means to play for Rangers so um, yeah I think it's hopefully going to be a really beneficial time even just for the time off to be honest and a bit of warm weather training um, the IMG Academy looks absolutely unreal um, and I think if I'm, not, if I'm right in saying that he was saying on TV today, on Rangers TV today that it's actually a, a high school I think it is um, and they've got them, the facilities they've got are absolutely unbelievable and that's just a big massive difference from from here, where okay, they could have had three weeks off, being at Ock and Howie, playing the Falkirk, playing Falkirk or playing whoever, but what an experience it will be for them. And um, 
I think the Florida Cup, although I personally hadn't heard of it, I'm sure I heard a soundbite today saying there's 50 million people in Brazil that watch it mm. um, every every year. So it's it's not going to be a small tournament. Um, it's it's going to be quite a good experience for them, and I hope it I hope it helps us for the rest of the season. I think if you're going and getting warm weather training and a fee for appearing at a tournament, then it's a it's a no brainer. You you have to take that. It's it's just such a great uh, as you say bonding experience for the for the team. But very interesting to see how how everything pans out. And uh, that, that's pretty much all that we've got today on here. Uh, if you like what you've heard today, then you can hear us every day. Uh, not just me, not just Adam, but lots of other podders indeed. On our subscription channel, which is uh, at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash heart and hand. On there you will get tons of shows and there are so many shows. There's a daily update where I go through the news, similar to what we've done today. But we also have shows that deal with the advocate years, that deal with the years 2000 to 2010. We've got quizzes, we've got Q&As, we've got uh, our new show Rangers bet where uh, one uh, one of our punters goes through and looks at a bet every weekend hilariously linking to a Rangers player. It's, it's a brilliant show. There are laughs, there's information, there's strolls down memory lane, and if you are someone who uh, commutes or you're somebody who has a desk job where you can listen to a lot of podcasts or you go to the gym or whatever and you want more Rangers content, or if you listen to Radio Clyde every night and you think, why am I listening to Radio Clyde? This is your way out of it. One ninety nine per month or three ninety nine per month for the for slightly more content. It's entirely up to you. We're sitting at the moment, Adam, I think you said just under 1800 yeah, so 1,798 I think it was yeah. So uh, lots of people are there and enjoying it And uh, if you come along I think you will too But if not, if you are happy with the two free shows We thank you very much for listening to that And we thank you for continuing to support us by doing so We will be back on Monday Where we'll have a roundup of the two matches So all that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Miss Paul Miles Thank my guest today, Mr Adam Thornton Thanks David and to thank you all for listening and tell you we will be back at the start of next week. Cheers, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>